You can ask me anything you want, and um, you can, you can cut me off anytime you want. I will. <laughs> no, you can ask me anything you want. I'm. You can ask me anything. This is Van Color. My name is Mo Amir, and today on This is Van Color, I'm joined by a returning podcast guest who just so happens to be a true media icon in this province. Born and raised in Vancouver, she is an award-winning Canadian broadcaster and a community leader who has volunteered thousands of hours and helped raise millions of dollars in her advocacy for healthcare, the well-being of children, and people with disabilities. In 2015, she was awarded the Order of British Columbia, the province's highest honor, a wife to a rock star. She's a rock star herself, clearly, (laughs) and a mother to three beautiful children. She is fired up. She's back on the podcast. She is unstoppable. She is Tamara Taggart. Tamara. Hey. How are you? I'm good. I'm really good. It's so nice to see you. Yeah, it's great to see you. Your hair is longer. You've you've got more (laughs) hair on you. I'm a lot shaggier. This is true. (laughs) (laughs) It's my new look for the new decade. I like it. See where it goes, right? Yeah, why not? The last time you were on this podcast, Mm -hmm. and it's so good to see you again. It's great to see you. I've been looking forward to this. But the last time you were here, the feedback was incredible. There were people writing responses about how inspired they were. And a few things kept coming up. They kept bringing up how you spoke about the naysayers and the critics and how you spoke about having a finite amount of time and not wanting to waste your time. And that really struck a chord with a lot of people. And it especially struck a chord with people when you were talking about being a cancer survivor as well. I'm going to share something personal with you. Mm. My mom passed away 10 years ago because Mm. of cancer. And she battled it for about 13 years. And she had some really good years in between. And it's crazy when I think about it, because she was 36 when she was first diagnosed. And I'm going on 35 this year. But I can now look back and see that in that time, the battle with cancer had a very profound effect on her. Mm-hmm. And she started to get a lot more involved in her community. She took up a whole new, she took up a lot of projects, like a lot of new projects. And she just really also embraced spirituality as a way to connect us. So I'm curious about you. Mm-hmm. When you talk about a finite amount of time, how is being a cancer survivor informed your motivation, your philosophy, your sense of purpose? Yeah, well, it. Um, I'm sorry about your mom. I didn't know that. Um, it changes everything, right? Whether mm-hmm. you are um, the person experiencing it or whether it is somebody that you love and care about experiencing it and, and you are by their side. Um, when, when it happens to you, um, it's very different because because you're in it and your fear is different than yeah. than other people's fear because uh, you know truly what's at stake. And so for me, I mean, you know what what I don't talk about a lot is how the only reason my cancer was found was because I nearly died at home in my bed. Hmm. Uh, I was bleeding internally, um, and uh, it it became you know it just all 
happened within, I mean, it had been happening for months and months and nobody yeah. could figure it out. Um, and the bleeding was because of the cancer. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and so I, I nearly died in our, in our bedroom and, uh, I was rushed to emergency and had a blood transfusion and, uh, emergency, um, you know, CT scan and endoscopy and colonoscopy and, uh, and then emergency surgery. And, wow. and that's where they found the tumor when they found the tumor. So that experience of, nearly dying was was truly what changed it for me because I uh, there was a moment when the surgeon was talking to me in uh, in pre-op and I remember thinking to myself there's a very good chance I'm not going to wake up from this there's a very good chance this is it (laughs) and it um you know, oh gosh, I don't want to get emotional here, but it, you know, that, that, that doesn't leave you. It yeah. doesn't leave you. So, you know, uh, yeah, of course, I don't think about cancer every day or nearly dying every day. I don't have to mm-hmm. because I have this something in me changed in that moment. And yeah. when I woke up and then when I went on chemo for three years and then when I, you know, beat it and uh, I'm, I think I'm having my last CT scan this June. Congratulations. So, yeah. And so uh, apparently I will be able to uh, break up with my oncologist after <laughs> after that because things have been going really, really well. And yeah. I, I, have, I am so lucky. And that's all I am. I'm mm-hmm. lucky. That's it. And, you know, it's funny because around the word cancer survivor, right? Mm-hmm. I, I, I always struggle with that description too, right? Because by saying that I'm a survivor, I didn't win. I, like, I truly was lucky. Yeah. I was just lucky. The person the the person that doesn't make it, you know, it's not because they didn't fight. It's not because mm-hmm. they didn't try to survive, you know. And so um I I just it was luck I was lucky I started to bleed internally. I was lucky hmm. that I was rushed to the hospital. I was lucky I live in Canada. I was lucky I live in BC. I was yeah, lucky absolutely. that I had a blood transfusion that people give blood. I mm-hmm. so much luck involved. And so um and I know that and I I value I value that and uh my perspective changed instantly and um and and that was the biggest gift that came out of it was yeah. a crystal clear perspective. It's almost unfortunate that some of us gain that perspective because Mm. of something like that. Mm -hmm. Because we should all be living life knowing that it's finite and knowing that we should love the ones that are around us. But there are a lot of people who nearly die and and they're still assholes. So it doesn't matter, (laughs) right? It it, it depends what you do with that. What you do with that. Uh, So, you know, uh, most people I know who have experienced the same thing as me, um, it has changed their lives for, uh, for the better, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So putting all of that into context, I know that's a very heavy start to the mm-hmm. show, but I feel like we have a rapport. We might as well just yes, get into why not? it. Why not? Do you have any goals or resolutions for this new year, this new decade, making the most of your time here? Yeah. Listen, I think the last 10 years had some really good things mm-hmm. and some really, you know, awful things for me. Um I, I had a, a lot change for me in the last decade, uh, and um, and some of it was really horrible. So you know, I was I was kind of glad to say, okay, this like twenty twenty, let's go, um, let's start, you know, and and do something good. I feel I feel positive for the first time in a long, long time. I feel 
very comfortable with who I am and and what my you know what my uh, priorities are as a mother as um, as somebody who wants to you know um, be a positive voice for you know our community all of those mm-hmm. things so I, you know I don't really have resolutions but um, I uh, you know I want to I always want to spend more time with my family I sure. always want to spend more time with my friends I think those are you know two things that we tend to you know so you said a long time mm. first time in a long time that you've yeah. felt this way yeah what's a long time is that 10 years is that a couple years is that a few months no I think it's I think it's years and years really yeah I really do I think that you Even know, when you were on television. yeah well you know that's the interesting thing now that I have you know it's in April, it'll be two years since I left mm-hmm. TV, uh, and I need I needed that space. That that two years has provided me with a new perspective again mm-hmm. on what that was like outside of the bubble. Sure. And let me tell you, it's it's really difficult to uh, to think about all the things you experienced and how messed up 99% of them were, you know, cause when you're in it, yeah. you think it's, this is the way it is. Yeah. And, um, what do, you, what do you mean exactly? <laughs> you can't you can't leave out something know, like that and I'm not explain sorry. what you mean. I, you know, listen, I don't want to get sued, so I got to be careful. Um, <laughs> we could talk in hypothetical terms. You know, terms. so I'm trying to gently um, uh, describe. You know, listen, um, a lot of people work in toxic environments. Sure. And uh, when you are in the middle of that hurricane, you don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it's not until you get out of it and uh, spend time away from it and then talk to other people mm-hmm. that, you know, were in there with you uh, and you can together go, oh my gosh, this there was a lot of trauma in there for a lot of people in this hurricane. Sure. Um do you know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. And uh, <laughs> I guess I guess what what I'm curious about though, mm. oftentimes when we are in a toxic environment, yeah. we then start to reflect that. One hundred percent. We look back of at things. We do. And we go, oh, I can't believe I was that person. One hundred percent. We were in that environment. Did, so did you? Ha- it sounds like you. I think we all did. Yeah. Yeah, I think we all did because listen, I I was in media for almost thirty years. Yeah. I I I know nothing else. In some ways, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it, it was a it was a big part of of my life. It yeah. was my life, uh, and um, and it's it's changed since when I started. Mm-hmm. You know, I started in radio, and and those were the best best years of my life in in some ways, right? Um, so did my, you start at Z ninety five? No, I started at C Fox. Oh, okay, I cool. did. Yeah, and I mean, listen, it they were they were. They were the best of years. They really, truly were. And anybody who worked um, in radio in uh, the early 90s and would say the same thing. They were the best days. They sure. really, truly were. So much fun. But but it's changed. It's changed a lot. And that's fine that it's changed. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that people have to... Um, uh, live in fear. And there's a lot of fear now because it's changing so much and people are losing their jobs all the time. And yeah. there's this there's this extreme fear. There's no stability. And it's a horrible place to live. You're saying it's getting worse in a lot of ways, the culture at least. 100%. Yeah. And, and I mean, nobody that's in it would would 
be able to agree with me um, for fear of, you know, losing their, you know, it's it's really difficult. And yeah. so I, um, I loved my time mm-hmm. in in media, and I will always uh, be grateful for the opportunities that I was given, and uh, that allowed me to, um, you know, uh, build. Um, um, a reputation and and have a voice to to do what I really love and that is to you know help others or advocate for others mm-hmm. or um, raise money or um, those are all things that I really like to do create a positive change yeah. and and the job that I had allowed me to do that it gave me that platform sure. and uh, and I and I worked with some really incredible people like the you know really beautiful fun amazing people mm-hmm. and um it does sound like you're done with media though like well, i was going to ask you if we would ever see you as a broadcaster again uh, where i have no idea well, this you is know what this i mean better than exactly I <laughs> but, uh, and i say where because you know i don't know if you've noticed but newsrooms across the country are shrinking sure. and yeah. shrinking um and uh, the model has changed mm-hmm. everybody is viewing everything on their phones or their their laptops um you know people don't have cable anymore and it's not the same as when yeah. you know when i was a kid or when i was starting in media so it's changed, uh, and but you're also Tamara Taggart. Uh, well, you have means, an order of BC. You're you know, very well known. Well, thank you, but uh, you know that doesn't mean anything anymore. Mm. It really, truly doesn't. Um, so you know, I, I. But you know, to turn it into, to, there's an opportunity for me in this new decade, mm-hmm. and this is how I look at it, to start my next chapter. And yeah. that's how I truly feel. Like, I'm excited for that. I'm excited to uh, to do something that uh, challenges me and allows you know me to check off all the boxes of things that are important to me. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I forever have my 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 media background with me. Sure, and yeah. I I will always have you know uh, m- you know my former colleagues and and um, you know an unspoken understanding of of um, where we all came from. Yeah, and uh, you know I I I have no um, I have no hard feelings about my uh, my time that I spent in media. Mm-hmm. In fact, I I wouldn't change a thing about it. I really truly wouldn't so when we look at this new chapter in your life mm-hmm. obviously you're going to continue your advocacy work yeah what else is there that you're thinking of well or... mama needs a job <laughs> you know <laughs> what's mama looking for mama though? needs to make some money sure uh you know it's you know what's really interesting is so many people that i talked to thought that i was being paid the entire time i was campaigning People think that? Yes. No, I know that people don't get paid. <laughs> but there is, um, a lot of people do. Yeah. And so it's, they're like, well, the party wasn't paying you? And I'm like, no. <laughs> they should have been paying you. You know what I mean? So it's, it's really interesting, right? So, yeah. no, I mean, all kidding aside, I, uh, I, I want to find, I want to find something where I can earn a living. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can use my strengths to make a difference mm-hmm. and to uh, put positive energy into the world and make the community that we live in um, 
be better and safer and more inclusive. And uh, I mean, those are those are the things that are important to me. Yeah. Uh, you know, if I can find that something that is like that and I get paid, then I'm I'm as happy as can be. Yeah. But, you know, I, I mean, I'll figure it out eventually. Absolutely. And I think the job description that you just described fits you to a T. I, I can totally too. see you doing I that. I think it does, too. So before we get into the election and some of the yeah, politics yeah, yeah. stuff, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you and I have talked about overrepresentation in the media and double mm-hmm. standards. And now you've brought up this idea of a toxic work environment. Mm. Even though you might be done with media and broadcasting, mm-hmm. you obviously have a very critical eye being in that field for as long as you have. And you're not afraid to call out bullshit, which I love. Mm-hmm. How do you think women in media are represented or treated? Um, I think that it is it is uh, still a boys club. Media is still a boys club for mm. sure. It is, uh, you know, run by men. And um, uh, all the big decisions are being made by men. There are, don't get me wrong, there are women mm-hmm. uh, at some of the tables, um, but um, not enough women. And, uh, you know, we, women are, I, it, it is, you know, when you think about, you could just take the simple thing, the, you know, the white male broadcaster sure the archetype has a very long life <laughs> right. a very long life yeah as a matter of fact you can you know you can wrinkle up and lose all your hair and gain a bunch of weight and you will still get to retire yeah on air yeah women not so much not so much women um are still um you know uh we're judged by how we look Mm-hmm. We are judged by what we wear on TV. Uh, we are um, criticized uh, by how we sound, uh, how we, what we say. Um, it's 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 really interesting. The, there are more complaints about what women look like on air than anything else. <laughs> and uh, you know, any you can talk to any woman who works in any market anywhere across the country and she will tell you that she has probably had um feedback, if you will, on uh on her appearance on air. Right. Uh that doesn't happen with men. And, um, and so that's an issue with the the culture, right? As opposed culture, to the power right? that's in the, the culture. outlet. Yeah. Um, you know, I I was spoken to many times about uh, my wardrobe. I was spoken to about you know uh, you know how my hair was done. Hmm. I was talked about. I had more conversations about um, uh, about things like that than I did about the content of you know my words yeah you know what i was saying do you think in the culture that's a minority of people that are making that complaint or do you think it's a lot of people watching that are thinking about that i think that i think really truly um when it comes to women uh on air i think that every single person that turns on the tv Every single person, man or woman, that turns on the TV and sees a woman on TV and what she's wearing has it crossed their mind. Hmm. Have you ever watched have you ever watched TV and seen a woman and gone, oh my God, what, what is that top she's wearing? 
Yes, you have. And no, it's okay. No. You don't need to admit <laughs> it because it's okay. It doesn't matter. My point is, is that it's, it's somehow been ingrained in our culture, yeah. in, our, in our brains, that women have to look pretty and attractive and, and well put together and that's all good. Sure, yeah. There's no disheveled women on air, right? But uh, there can there there have been plenty of disheveled <laughs> men on air. And it's it's it makes him, you know, eccentric and it makes him, you know, whereas a woman it's, you know, we do. We judge women by how they look. Mm-hmm. And uh, women have j- been judged by how they look since the beginning of time. Absolutely. And yeah. uh, and it still happens today. Uh and and fine every woman i know in television deals with it and mm-hmm. it's you know because it's been happening since the beginning of her career but when it's coming from you know the powers that be uh that's a bit of a different story and and you know people are more careful about it now but there there's a lot of um yeah i don't know there's just uh, it's a, it's definitely a tougher road for women in uh, media still and um, and I you know I'd like I think that if women had been in charge this entire time uh, newsrooms would not be shrinking I really do I think yeah. that you know it would have been uh, it, we, we'd be in a different place right now because uh, the women I know in media um, and uh, you know whether it be in print or whether it be in uh, radio or in television are are forces they are mm-hmm. you know they are forces to be reckoned with and they're smart and um they are ambitious and they are um you know savvy they know they know what works they know who their audience is and a lot of times that is not valued yeah it's just not valued i want to add one thing to all those attributes you just listed out i yeah. would also say kind Mm. In terms of mm-hmm. me networking and meeting people, I've, yeah. I've found women to be just super open and kind and supportive. Not to say that the men haven't been, but just that extra level of that we, attribute. You know what? We always have to. There's enough for everybody. Mm-hmm. There really is. Yeah. And a lot of times we all act like there's not enough. Sure. You know, we're, we're not all going to get a piece of the pie. There's enough for everybody. Like, Can I go back to that very interesting question that you posed to me mm. about, you know, mm-hmm. watching TV and judging a woman by her, by her looks. I, I I wasn't trying to skate around that question. No, I was I actually know. giving it thought. Mm-hmm. And I, I believe that you are right. Mm-hmm. But I also feel like there's a difference between a knee-jerk internal reaction yes. and then me One, calling up a news oh. station or a newspaper and being like, oh, what is that woman wearing? This you, I will never watch you again. You are 100% correct. Because we all have of course we terrible do. instincts sometimes, but we have totally. you know, moderated I, those. I remember when I first started on air and uh, I used to see the, the viewer feedback. Mm-hmm. Um, I, and when I was doing the weather especially, um, there were uh, some very trying times for me uh, and my self-confidence. And I used to respond to every, you know, negative email. And then the negative emails were always about my hair <laughs> or what I was wearing. Yeah. Or who did I sleep with to get my job? Like those were d- definitely the top three, you yeah. know. And um I was so devastated one day because I was wearing a sweater I really liked and um, 
Uh, somebody wrote in and said, what is wrong with you wearing that sweater? You should not be wearing horizontal stripes. Don't you know those make you look bigger? Hmm. And I went home and I, I said to my husband, I was like, oh my gosh, like I can't, like am I fat? Like what is, I was like, it, it, it just destroyed me. Yeah. And he looked at me and he said, have you ever watched TV and thought, wow, that person looks fat, and then gone over to your computer, turned it on, looked up how to get a hold of them, written them an email to tell them they look fat, and then sent it? And I said, no, never. He goes, exactly. Yeah. Only a loser would do that. Yeah. And are you gonna are you gonna listen to a loser? Yeah. And I thought, oh yeah, no, I'm not. You know, and I really, but it took me years to build up a thick skin. Yeah. And I think about you know people now who are you know getting into media and that, and there's it's so much easier now to criticize people because we have social media. Back then there was no social media. It was just you had to like you know dial up on your internet and <laughs> send an email. <laughs> yeah, it's so much more accessible now, especially with something like Twitter or Facebook or anybody Instagram. can say anything at any time and not be accountable for it. And it yeah. can. And you know what? It hurts. It yeah. does. It hurts. Why wouldn't it? Of course it does. <laughs> Tamara, we have to talk about the election. Yeah, let's do it. First off. Congratulations. Thank you for running. Oh, thank you. I think every candidate is doing a service to our democracy when they put their hat in the ring. And it takes a lot of work. And I know that you were outdoor knocking and you were at many events. And again, to set the record straight, you were not getting paid. It was a lot of hard work, (laughs) though. Yeah, it was. And I thought you had a very persuasive campaign pitch. I like the idea that you were telling people Vancouver Kingsway needs to be at the table and you have a high profile and you would be great to represent them at that table. I'll be honest, I didn't vote liberal, but yeah, if you were in my riding, I would have 100% voted for you. I told friends of mine that lived in your riding to vote for you. I liked your pitch. Well, you obviously didn't have enough friends. I had uh, <laughs> not in that riding. No, exactly. <laughs> That's a nice riding. <laughs> I, I had three friends in that riding. Oh, wow. <laughs> Thanks. If your strategy was to rely on me to get the it, vote out, that wasn't. was a terrible, yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> terrible move. But in that whole process, and mm-hmm. that was new to you. I mean, you've been an observer oh my, in the past, yeah. but is there anything you would have done differently? I mean, there's a few things I wish I would have known. Um, you know, I, I, I. I would have asked uh, more questions going into it because hmm. uh, I didn't. You're right. I didn't know how it all worked. I didn't know what it was like to uh, campaign or raise the money that had to be raised. Mm-hmm. I didn't uh, anticipate, um, you know, that, uh, you know, when I stepped into uh, that role as candidate in Vancouver Kingsway, I um, it was like a startup. Mm hmm. You know, and, uh, you know, there were two volunteers and uh, barely any money in the bank. Yeah. And uh, it was it was it was a climb. It was a really hard climb. I learned so much. Uh, I had the best time. (laughs) I uh, I would. I don't regret doing it at all. I'm glad I did it. I learned I learned a lot about myself. I learned how how 
tough I really am. Mm-hmm. Uh, at times I didn't think I was, but I, I really, I learned a lot about myself and I learned, you know, I saw the best in people mm-hmm. and I saw the worst in people. And, um, where did you see the worst in people? Because I, I remember I asked you about door knocking, and you said that yeah. was actually a pretty pleasant experience. I loved door experience. knocking. I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. It sounds I, scary. No, I loved it <laughs> so much. And it's funny because I would tell people that, and they would be like, really? Like, you love door knocking? And I, yeah. I loved it. Because I, I really do enjoy talking to people. And I am the queen of small talk. I love it. And I also like people asking questions, and I like asking questions. Mm. Uh, and so door knocking for me was uh, fantastic. I, you know, I was doing, you know, 15,000 steps a day. I was going out every single day, some days, multiple times a day. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I really enjoyed it. And I don't, I, yeah. So where were you seeing the worst of people then? Uh, Online. You definitely see the worst of people. Yeah. That's Um, just a rule in life, I think. It is a rule in life. But, you know, I, um, in, I saw uh, debates. I saw the worst in people. Uh, where else did I see the worst in people? Um, so debates is in real life. It's in yes, person. Yeah. You're debating, you're on stage, and you're saying people were very Oh, yeah. Toxic. Like I saw, there was so, yeah. Uh, yes. And um, and in, um, you know, in the, um, I just want to be really careful. <laughs> uh, you know, in... in in the other candidates, yeah, I really? saw. Yeah, I did. I saw. I was really disappointed, very huh. much so. Yeah, um, yeah, I was. And so, you know, I'm. Uh, I, I did something that most people don't do. And until I was in it, like I had people telling me all the time, oh, you know, thank you for doing this and you are so courageous and blah. And I was like, really? And then once I was in it, I was like, oh my gosh, now I understand why they're saying this, right? Because from a distance, it looks like, hey, you go out, you knock on a few doors, you put some signs up, you. No, it's a lot. Yeah. And I mean, the, the best part, the best thing that came out of it was the people that I met cool. and the, uh, the volunteers that showed up. Every single day, and I, um, I, I had an incredible group of people around me that were complete strangers, and mm-hmm. now they're not complete strangers. And I am forever connected to those people sure. that showed up for me, and um, we had uh, we had great laughs, and uh, we we had some really tough days, and uh, and I, you know, I'm really glad that um, we all got to go through it together. Yeah, cool. Mm-hmm. Now, I hope this isn't insensitive, but I do have a bit of a curiosity yeah. about what it's like to lose, because mm. we never really see that side. Yeah. And I imagine after all this work, there must be obviously great disappointment, but then maybe also just relief that it's all over. Like, how how does that yeah, feel? It was really interesting. You know, the entire time that I was um, campaigning, uh, I the most important thing to me uh, was to to know that at the end of it, I was still going to be me, and yeah. I was still going to be a mother, and a wife, and a daughter, and a sister, and uh, I wanted to be able to, you know, look at everybody around me and say, I did the best I could, mm-hmm. and I, you know, and I'm not ashamed of anything I did, or I don't regret, you know, the things that I did. Um, so I, it, I, I really wanted to be careful about how I lost. 
around my family. Sure. Because I knew my children were watching. Yeah. And so my kids are 9, 11, and 12. Um, so on the day of the election, it was it was pouring rain, and I was out all day, like, you know, last minute, like, knocking on doors and meeting all the volunteers and all that sort of stuff. And then I came home mm-hmm. and my kids, uh, my kids were there and we all had dinner together and two of my best friends came over. Uh, Beckett went to bed cause he was, you know, tired. He goes to bed at eight. He's like okay. tired. So, <laughs> you know, and then, and then, you know, it became very, very clear that, um, my campaign manager was over mm-hmm. and, uh, we were all in my living room, uh, having a glass of wine and just talking about whatever. I didn't watch anything on TV. I didn't listen to the radio. I didn't pick up my phone, nothing all day. And, uh, and then, um, uh, my campaign manager. And you voted that day as well, right? I, you, I no, feel like I, you forgot. I, I, oh, I voted earlier. Advanced voting, yeah. fair enough. And okay. so my campaign manager looked at me and she said, well, do you want, uh, she goes, uh, so do you want to know where we're at? And I said, I lost. You knew. She said, I said, I lost. And she said, you lost. And I said, okay. I said, I'm, uh, I'm just going to go in the other room and tell Zoe and Poppy. They were watching TV in the other room. Yeah. How did um, you, how did you know? I just knew. Yeah. I just knew. Uh, and, uh, so I walked in the other room and I said, Hey guys, I said, I have to tell you something. And, and they stood up and they held their mouths and they said, oh. did you win? And I said, no, mommy lost. And they both burst into oh, tears. No. Yeah, they bur- burst into tears. Uh, they were sobbing. And I said, it's okay. I said, you know, sometimes you try something and you do your best yeah. and and it doesn't work out. Mm-hmm. I said, so I always like to say there's good news in the bad news. The bad news is, is that I lost. The good news is I'm not going to Ottawa and I get to stay here and be with you. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and then... Uh, they were really upset. They finally went to bed. We went. Uh, we went to our volunteer party, and then I. I didn't get home till three in the morning that night. I had the best time that night, and um, lots of fun and celebrating with other people that did win. Yeah. And you know, the next day when my kids woke up, they had totally forgotten about the fact that I even <laughs> ran in an election. Like, just forgot about it. Yeah. And it was never mentioned again by them. Really? Isn't that funny? Yeah. Well, they're nine and eleven. The yeah, girls, true. right? They were true like, enough. "What? Okay, you lost. Okay, where am I? You know, where are my gym clothes? That was it." But they were it, really bummed that moment. Oh, they it were wasn't devastated, where my, yeah. right? But it, but also having kids really, uh, you know, also talking about perspective, it really puts things in perspective. Sure. Like it was very important to them in that moment, mm-hmm. and then they went to bed and they woke up. But then again, the the most important thing that next morning was going to school and then going swimming and whatever else, yeah. you know, living, that was it. Living in the present. Yeah, it was over. I love it. And so, you know, there was something there for me to learn. So that's how, you know, my loss went. The next day, I spent the entire day in bed. Now, was that because I was sad or was it because I was hit, hungover? I don't know. It could have been both. I have no idea. But I did. It could stay, be both. Yeah, I think it, it might have been a little bit of both. But I stayed in bed all day, yeah. and uh, <laughs> and and then you know, and then I woke up on the Wednesday, and uh, I you know carried on, carried yeah. on, yeah. Max Fawcett was working on Talib Nur Muhammad's campaign. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so when he was on the show, he said something interesting, and it was not specifically about any candidate. Mm-hmm. He was just saying that in his experience, first time candidates kind of run out of stamina, like you're hitting the ground running. And like you've sort of just pointed out, you don't realize how much work it's going to be and how much mm-hmm. it actually mm-hmm. involves. 
did you feel like you were burnt out by the end or could you have gone another couple months doing the pace or keeping up the pace that you were keeping up? Uh, I mean, I was... It was pretty hardcore, uh, mm-hmm. the la- you know, for quite a while, actually. Yeah. Um, I was, I was never, uh, I, I wasn't exhausted, but I don't know if I could have done it for another two months at that pace. <laughs> I probably could have gone another couple of weeks, but, you know, it was, it was nice to know that the end was near. Yeah. Uh, you know, election day was coming. But, uh, yeah, no, I, I was still going full steam by election day. Yeah. But, but I, I definitely crashed the week after. I was like, sure. whoa, <laughs> what just happened? Yeah. You know, it was a moment where you're just like, did I just do that? <laughs> Yeah. He came in here after the election. I think it was about a week after. And he was just talking about how and he was on the campaign end. Right. He Mm -hmm, was not a candidate. mm -hmm. But he was just saying, you know, you're like you you feel like you're hungover. You haven't been working out like you should be. You haven't been eating right. It's Mm -hmm. you're trying to. And now that the adrenaline is gone. Mm. Yeah, you're settling into. You definitely (laughs) notice it. Yeah. Recognizing how how much you you pushed yourself. 100%. 100%. Yeah. Especially when you know when you're walk when you're doing like 15 to 20,000 steps a day and yeah. then you're not like just cold turkey stop. <laughs> yeah. True enough. But then also the intellectual stamina of talking to so many people. Yeah. I mean, you and I are both sociable people. Yeah. I like talking to people. But that takes a lot of stamina too, just to be talking it's to exhausting. strangers effectively. One hundred percent. Yeah, totally. It's exhausting, for sure. It is. Yeah. Uh, but I can, you know, I, I, I thrive off of that. Mm-hmm. That's the stuff that I love. Okay. You know, cool. I could have, I could have door knock- I could, I could go door knocking right now. I mean, it's raining pretty it hard. It is right raining now. pretty hard, but I've, <laughs> I've done it in this hard rain. But yeah, no, I really loved it. Yeah. Hmm. Did you feel like you were covered fairly in the media? You obviously have a high profile. I think that word well, or that term yeah, whatever. kept I mean, coming up, high profile candidate, yeah. star I, candidate. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and I think that my opponent benefited from the fact that I was running against him because he got a lot of media exposure that he usually never gets. <laughs> and um, and so was I covered fairly? Sure. I guess, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I did some interviews where I said some things that I thought would have made a really great story, but they were never included. And that's fine. I mean, the, you know, the reporter or the interviewer, um, you know, they might have an idea of how, you know, they want to tell the story. And that's fine. I mean, I thought that I was represented fairly. I -hmm. I do uh, in the media. Yeah, 100 percent. But where were you not represented? fairly? Well, I mean, I think that on Twitter there was a lot of garbage for sure. It doesn't matter. Well, no, no I one's mean, on Twitter except for media you, people. You know what? People, uh, you know, you're not getting votes on Twitter. That's yeah. for sure. That's not, you know. But I mean, it's still, it's still, um, it's still not nice to see sure. uh, a bunch of people um, attack you about something that is, you know, has been planted by somebody else that is really just, you know, just petty and not you know so I mean so that was is there something specific there oh the she's not from here business right oh, like right. Yeah. yeah so I mean yeah, it's yeah. like uh, you, you know so I mean listen it's not the way that I I go through life so I'm mm-hmm. not going to you know um, 
fall into that. But uh, yeah, I don't. I think that I was represented fairly. I do. Okay. I don't know. Do you think I wasn't? Like no, I'm asking uh, you yeah, how you I felt. I think I was. Yeah, I had some really, um, I had some great interviews uh, from from people and in the media, and I mm-hmm. and I I enjoyed it. It was really interesting for me to be on the other side of it. Yeah. And and it was nice too because I. You know, I respect the people that were asking me the questions. Mm-hmm. I really do, and um, and so, yeah, I I feel like I was. What was it like being on CTV again? I know you did at least <laughs> one morning segment. I did, but we did that. Um, we did that at a coffee shop. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was with uh, Jason, um, and uh, it was fine. It was weird. I, you know what? I, I'm uh, I'm glad that they called. Yeah. Um, I, they didn't make a big thing out of it, though. I thought they were going to say an old friend uh, yeah. is here, but I guess well, they're I'm, you trying know, to be neutral in the election. They have to be I neutral guess. too, yeah. right? I mean, you know, it's like you know, it's like Mike, right? My mm-hmm. former co-anchor. You know, he's now uh, a news anchor elsewhere, and you know, he he has to be careful, and and mm. and and they are careful. Like they they you know, there is no. Um, special treatment just because that they're journalists they're professionals yeah. they, you know but um no it was uh it was really nice and and i and i'm respectful of that mm-hmm. uh, you know i don't expect to be treated differently because maybe we're friends or we used to work together or i was one of them once like i don't feel that way um you know their job is to ask questions yeah and they do it well and so i you know i felt i felt uh i felt it was great to sit down and talk to a former colleague um on on ctv it was great yeah i just thought that was cool and i didn't think anyone made a big deal out of it which i thought was interesting obviously ctv while they're doing it can't make a big deal Mm -hmm, out of it mm -hmm. but it seemed to kind of fly under the radar yeah, I don't know. I they I, I guess they promoted it. I don't know. I you know, I yeah. wasn't watching. I was knocking on doors. Sure, yeah. <laughs> you know. Okay, I have a multiple choice question for Uh-oh. you. And you you just have to pick the answer. I don't want any further okay. explanation. Uh, yeah, no okay? problem. So, assuming all life circumstances are relatively the same, yes, no, or I don't know, will you run for public office again? Any public office? Ever? Ever. Uh, I don't know. Okay. We'll I don't know. We'll I, re- I really don't know. Um, we can leave it at that. Yeah, I don't need an I don't explanation. Know. I, yeah. I don't know. I think that speaks for itself. Yeah. Can I yes. tell you something without it sounding like I'm trying to give you advice? Because I'm certainly not telling you what you should do. Uh, yeah. Or I, I, I know go. I know what you say to people who tell you what you should or could do. No, so. no, no. Go, go, go. <laughs> do you feel like maybe because of your high profile, your philosophy in life, your lived experience, that not being in Ottawa, you are now unfettered to advocate for children, for your community and for your country in a way that maybe you couldn't? If you're mired in party politics mm. or political culture, yeah, it's a really good question. I, you know, I've always been somebody who has, um, you know, I wear my heart on my sleeve. Mm-hmm. I say what I feel. I, um, I, uh, you know, I, I don't, I, I don't, um, sh- you know, I'm not. I, I just, 
I am who I am who I am and uh when people meet me I I usually treat them like I've known them forever and yeah, I'm absolutely. very open and uh because I truly believe that when we share our own stories uh we make connections with others who have had similar experiences mm-hmm. and therefore we can create change together we can be better together. So in some ways yes I feel like I can you know I can continue on the way you know I'm doing things and all that sort of stuff but I also feel that had I have you know if I were in Ottawa that I I'm not, you know, maybe it's a maybe it's a good thing I'm not there because I am, you know, I'm a I'm a bit of a disturber and um and I like it that way and but I think that they knew that. Yeah. You know, I don't think it's not a secret who I am. Like I don't present myself in one way and then you meet me and I am a completely different person. Mm-hmm. So I think that, you know, uh they would have known you know, who I would have been in Ottawa. And yeah, of course, there's certain things you have to do or whatever. But I mean, I will always uh, be true to, you know, who I am and how I feel and how I advocate and and who I speak for yeah, or with. And I certainly don't doubt your authenticity. And that's actually why I'm asking. Yeah. Because I posed a similar question to Brad West. And yeah. I was... I was effectively begging him to run for higher office. Right. And he was just saying, you know... He is affecting so much more change in his right. current role He's, as an independent yes. mayor in Port yeah, Coquitlam. One hundred percent. And like he just seemed turned off by the whole concept of being yeah. part of a party and there being a party whip and yeah. you know, following yeah. the party line. And then I kind of got it that maybe if you are that outspoken and if you're that willing to wear it mm-hmm. on your sleeve, then maybe Ottawa isn't. Yeah, the place and you know what? You. It's not exactly you're probably right. And um you know, it's interesting because, you know, going to Ottawa isn't the cherry on top for everybody, right? So for somebody like Brad West, he's doing really great things mm-hmm. where he is and with his platform. And he's creating the change in his community that, you know, that community wants. Mm-hmm. So um, why would you change that, right? Why would you change course Yeah, uh, when you are doing you know, and, and maybe that'll change for him in the future. For me, uh, yeah, I, I understand what you're saying, but I don't know. I think, I, you know, it, it sounds a little um, hokey, but, you know, sometimes things do happen for a reason. Mm-hmm. And um, I believe in that. That's that, not hokey. Well, I don't know. Sometimes I hate it when something, you know, happens that's maybe not so great. And then people are like, well, everything happens for a reason. And you're going to look back on this yeah. and you're going to be like, oh, my gosh. And you know, it's like, shut up. <laughs> Can we just, you know? I'm glad I didn't say that to you now. Thanks. No, but you know what I mean? You know how that happens, right? It's like, you know. Sure. But listen, I maybe things do happen for a reason. I I kind of believe it to myself. So, yeah. and and plus you 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 know when something happens, you have a choice. You can look at it and go be negative about it or you can look at it and, you know, is is the glass half full or is it half empty? And I prefer for my glass to be half full. Sure. Yeah. I just want to leave it at this and say that I can just look at all the good that you've done within your community. I can look at all the people that admire you, and I still think you're going to affect a lot of change. Well, thank you. That's all I want to say, and I'll leave it at that. You know what? That's one of the nicest things uh, anybody could ever say to me, so thank you. No, really. That's really, it's really nice. Thank you. You're very welcome, and I mean it. We have to talk about Don Davies, though. Why? (laughs) 
You were the one that voted for him twice. You didn't even tell me that when you came on this show. Well, because I didn't. Then you gave that scoop to everyone else. Well, is it, I don't even think it was a scoop. It was <laughs> no, just. It wasn't. <laughs> but do you know what I mean? It was. It was because um, when I first talked to you, uh, I mean that was at the beginning. It of, was in the summer. Yeah. yeah, it was like that was before really you know anything was happening. Mm-hmm. So uh, I mean the only but reason a lot of people listen to that. Yeah, I know, but but I mean anything you know campaign wise sure. really right. Sure. And so um, I just didn't know that um, you know he was going to uh, take more of a personal attack. Otherwise, I would have just said it right off the top. Like I no, and I'm being serious, right? So uh, you know when your your whole thing is you know she's not from here. It's like what are you talking about? Who are you? Yeah. This is ridiculous. And and then you know his uh, you know his little orange army got behind him, and you know they were all like amplifying this. And it was, I, I mean, it was just ridiculous. Yeah. So, I mean, the reality of it is, is, yeah, I did vote for him twice. And, uh, you know. But I think you hit him with a really good angle in terms of what has he accomplished in 10 years. And, yeah, there's private members bills and all that other stuff. But that's a really good question to ask your constituency of what this elected representative has brought I to your so. community. But, uh, I thought that was know, a very strong line. Uh, I did too, and uh, but uh, a lot of people, you know, it didn't matter. So yeah. I mean, that's fine. You know, it's it's a uh, you know, it's um, it is what it is. Yeah. You know, and so yeah, no, I mean, listen, it, it'll be a chapter in my book. So uh, <laughs> are you writing it already? <laughs> I'm always writing it. <laughs> oh, okay. I got to see these journals. I did see that you retweeted. A star article that was about Don Davies and his stance on the Meng Wanzhou extradition. Yeah. And basically the article, in the article, they're quoting him and he's saying that the detention and the extradition is all political. And actually what something I learned, which I was surprised this was not more out in the media, was that in 2018 he was saying that Canada should not extradite Meng Wanzhou. I thought that could have been an excellent talking point for you. Yeah. What do you think about his stance on this Hmong Huawei case? Listen, and do you I don't, think that reflects Vancouver Kingsway? Uh, well, I mean, I think that, um, listen, uh, first of all, uh, he doesn't take up a lot of real estate in my head, right? So I, um, I read that article. Mm-hmm. I thought that it was really interesting. And um, I really, um, I just, more, more, the most interesting thing about it, I thought, was that, you know, he's I, I think it's inappropriate for a sitting MP to be um, to be, uh, you know, judging our, you know, our judicial system and uh, and our rules and uh, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. And so uh, but, you know, he is kind of like oil on a duck. It doesn't really nothing seems to stick to him. And I just I thought it was interesting. I thought that I really, truly did. I thought that star piece was interesting. I noticed that not one person retweeted it. No, nobody commented on it. Nothing. And mm-hmm. so I just retweeted it because I thought this is like give me a break here like are you kidding me like yeah. so i mean whatever who cares i don't even it, it you know did does vancouver kingsway care i don't think so I, I i don't i don't think they care about that they you know yeah which sucks i think it, i think it does too and i think that i think that if you're going to be in government uh you should have to answer uh tough questions about 
a stance you are taking. Yeah. And I feel like and why you're taking he that has stance. not spoken out about it since. Obviously, he's either scared to or he's been told not to mm-hmm. or, you know, he. And that sucks, too. I mean, it, it, 100 uh, percent. You know, he, um, uh, you know, anyways, whatever. But I, but I, I know you're saying whatever. I mean, it's interesting. <laughs> I think this is important. It is important. Of course it is. what he's saying is irresponsible. 100%. I'm not, as I've sort of declared, I'm not a huge Trudeau guy, but I support our government on this. And the idea that some backbench lawyer has found a loophole where we can yeah. free Mung is just not being honest with Canadians. I because just, here's the thing. If, yeah. we, if we were to free Mung and we say, oh, in the extradition treaty, here's a loophole... Do you think the Americans are going to care, especially with Trump at the helm? What what court are we going to take them to? Nothing. Like they could jam our show so hard. You know, they could completely ruin us over this. Mm-hmm. And that extradition treaty, especially with allies like the United States, who happens to be our biggest ally, it means something. And it means something to uphold the spirit of those types of treaties. And it's in our identity. So I think when you have whether it's Don Davies or Stockwell Day saying, oh, we, we found a loophole, mm-hmm. we can get around mm-hmm. this, the government's doing it wrong. No, stop undermining 100. our institutions. I, told, I, I really... So you got me on a rant, no, but I, I just but feel I like do, it is important. I and do it's not agree a with you. And I also, I know, I'm just being, you know... <laughs> I know, I know. I don't want to I don't, I don't rock too many boats here during this interview. Rock all the boats. I know. But, you know, uh, what I thought was interesting was in that Star article, the interview uh, was done at uh, an event held by the Chinese consulate. Mm-hmm. And so... Uh, so you ask why he's taking this stance? I don't know. I mean, I'm not a journalist anymore, but it doesn't take too much to figure it out, I don't think. And, uh, you know, where the interview took place and they just happened to find it and dig it up. So um, wouldn't it be nice if he advocated for the two Canadians that are detained over there? I, I would think so. Uh, but, you know, I mean, when I... It's funny because I had a feeling you were going to mention that, and so I don't, I don't follow, uh, I don't follow him on any of his social medias. He unfollowed me on Twitter. He unfollowed you. <laughs> yeah. He oh, was a big funny. booster before, and I never said anything bad about him. Obviously, I was promoting our podcast together because that's yeah. what I do. Yeah, no, he just. I one day I just realized, oh, he unfollowed. Well, me. I think that I, I think a lot of people have been blocked by him. But the interesting <laughs> thing is, is you know, his Twitter feed is just really it's filled with, um, you know, complaints and retweets and uh, demands and, um, you know, he's retweeting Bernie Sanders all the time and stuff. And it's like we live in Canada. And uh, I prefer, I really do like it when I see, I don't care what party you're in, mm-hmm. when I see um, a politician who who takes the high road, when I see a politician who uh, knows that there needs to be change, but uh, speaks about it in a, in a positive way, in a way like, how are we going to fix this? And here's some, I, this, this constant, uh, you know... Um, just anger, anger, mm-hmm. anger on social media from our elected officials is ridiculous. Do it. You're in this to create change. Yeah. So instead of complaining about it all the time, do something. And if you've done an interview or if you have a serious stance on, um, you know, a certain story like with this one, um, then don't be scared to stand up. 
Yeah. And and say, well, this is why I'm doing this or this. Don't run and hide. When you said it, don't (laughs) run and hide. And then you know, so I find that really. I just find it's it's really uh, disappointing, and not who I want to see yeah. uh, in in government in our country. That's for sure. To bring this full circle to things that we just talked about, how much of this is a gender double standard, or maybe even a racial double standard? Because I feel like if you did have, and the Conservative Party, I feel like they have a few figures like this. If you had a woman who was constantly complaining or criticizing the government, they would be viewed in a certain lens. But when it's a man, it's a lot more different. Mm -hmm. And they're perceived in a much different way. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I mean, listen, when... um, when It's like a nag versus a truth teller in the stereotype. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's... I also... I think that... You know, we we're smart, you mm-hmm. know, like we are for the most part. Uh, like you and me are no, Canadians. No, I mean, I mean Canadians, <laughs> right? And 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 so when you know, when I look at these these you know, somebody who makes a really ridiculous uh comment or commentary or and then I if you go in and look at the comments, the the intelligent ones. Mm-hmm. People know you know, like people know, or there is no comment. And, yeah. and the reality of it is, is if you were to go look at um, the person we were just talking about um, Twitter feed, there's no engagement. Mm. People aren't engaging in the tweets. They aren't uh, commenting. They aren't retweeting it. They're not even liking it. <laughs> there's it's a dead zone. Yeah. So that is that that really tells you that there is no voice there. Yeah. There is no voice. Um, and so that's one thing that I really did. Listen, I've never been a political person. I, you know, have never until recently said who I voted for or anything like that. Um, but there are some there are some politicians that I really um, that I really admire for their um, their ability to take the high road and and uh what are some or who are some examples selena robinson Mm -hmm. great example Uh, yeah i think so and i mean i've known selena for a really long time and and um we both had the same cancer Mm -hmm. that's right and um and so and and when i was in you know media and she was uh still on city council we always kept our lives our work lives separate we were connected through cancer yeah uh, and uh, we didn't agree on everything, and uh, sometimes we disagreed. And then when she got into provincial politics, to watch her, 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 um, you know, develop into this really amazing uh, woman who mm-hmm. she wants to do better. Like yeah. her at her core, she is. You know, she is good people. She really, truly is. I agree. And I think that the way that she presents herself is really strong and 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 fair. Yeah. Uh, and, um, you know, I've seen other, like Harjit Sajjan, mm-hmm. he, you know, a good person. Like, and, and I can say that because I know him, but fair and, um, and uh, you know, and positive and, and, and just understanding. Oh, oh God, I could talk, I just, I could have all these things <laughs> pop into my head. I could talk to you for hours about some of the stories that, of things 
that I saw that it would make your head pop off. But um, about people taking the high road or the low road? The low road, and but yeah. I don't want to get like sure. seriously. I, there are some like I can't say names. I just I want to add on Selena Robinson yeah. because I absolutely agree. I remember. The very first time I met her was here, was mm-hmm. doing a podcast together, right. and I was so impressed just by the, again, the genuineness and the authenticity of well, how much she wanted to help about people. about change, yes. And it really upsets me when I see, you know, clips of uh, the legislature, and she's trying to speak, and they're just, like, shouting I her know. down. And I'm like, I will never, and then, she, yes. and then when she t- makes a jab back... They say, oh, you're being toxic, you're being yeah, bad. Yeah, give me and it's a break. Like, yeah. Uh, you know, I, I will never forget, I was working uh, I was working in TV when I saw this. She was, uh, she stood up to speak, and uh, they were the opposition. And Andrew Wilkinson clucked at her. He clucked at her. Wow. And it made it on TV that night. <laughs> of course it did. And I just thought, real, is that, like, is that who we are? Never, never mind as Canadians, just as human beings. Is that who we are? That a woman stands up and you cluck like a chicken at her? Yeah. Like, are you kidding me? And we see it all the time mm-hmm. in our politics. That's not who we are. Just because you have a different idea than me, I don't hate you. Yeah. We should be able to have a conversation about it. And, and you know, and politicians don't always have to disagree, you know? Yeah, you would hope so. But that's You're supposed not how to be working towards a common good. And there was so much nastiness mm-hmm. in this uh, in this election. It yeah. was hardcore nasty. It really, truly was, and I couldn't believe it. I thought TV was nasty. No, uh-uh, Mm-mm. no. Politics makes te- makes media look like you know church. Like it is. Really? Oh my. <laughs> Gosh, yes. Yeah. Like really, truly, like it it doesn't have to be that way. Like you're adults. And and that's the thing that bothers me is I when I did it, I wanted to show other people that they could do this too. Mm-hmm. You can step up and try to, you know, run for office, whether it's municipally or whether it's provincially or federally or, you know, for a school board or whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. They, it, you can do this. If I can do it, you can do it. And it's really hard and nasty and demoralizing at times, Hmm. the way that you were treated. And I think it's especially as a woman. And it shouldn't be that way because I want every woman, uh, you know, to think that they can throw their hat in and do it Mm -hmm. and not be skewered and not be criticized and not be belittled and not be ganged up on and not, you know, and uh, I experienced all of that. And I have a super thick skin. And I think the only reason that I made it through, uh, uh, you know, unscathed uh, in my confidence and, and all that is just because I had a really thick skin from being in media for 30 years. Yeah. You know? But you're saying it's worse than media. Did you expect it to be worse? No. Or, no? No. Okay. Mm-mm. No. Yeah. Because, I mean, as soon as you say that you were running for a party, whatever party it is, 50% of the people all of a sudden don't like you. <laughs> is that what you found? Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, when it was announced on Facebook, I couldn't believe what people were saying. I used to love you and now I hate you. It's like, <laughs> what are you talking about? I just want to make a difference. Yeah. Like I'm sorry. I just felt like this was the right fit for me in the in the in the climate that we're in. Yeah. I felt like this was the right fit for me and I'm sorry if you disagree, but I'm still the same person I was yesterday before I announced this. It's so incredible the reactions of some people. When I 
announced that uh, Jody Wilson-Raybould was going to be on the show in the last episode, someone retweeted this, like, and they did this twice. They retweeted this angry message, and they said, Mo, I am never going to listen to your podcast ever again. All right. And I'm just like... See ya. Do you have to? You don't have to listen to that episode, but no. do you have to announce this big thing that I and this is somehow hurt you? Like I don't yeah. understand. And I did see that with you, where people said, "Oh, you know, I love her, but I I can't support that party." So now I'm just I'm out yeah. altogether. And yeah. it's like, how does this make sense? To yeah. You? <laughs> and 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 really, and then do you uh, not have, like do those people not have friends who disagree politically and still within the same mm-hmm. ballpark, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I yeah. don't know. It's it's crazy. It's it. Listen, it was an amazing social experience. That's yeah. for sure. <laughs> that, and that, that's definitely going to go in this in this book, right? <laughs> yeah. How <laughs> close were you with the prime minister during the campaign? Obviously, he's going back and forth yeah, yeah. all over the country. What was your interaction with him like? Um, I mean, every time I I, I don't know how many times uh, I saw him. Quite a few. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, it was really interesting to watch what it's like at that level Mm -hmm. for the person, for, you know, the Prime Minister of Canada, what that is like. And I I only saw a glimpse. Mm -hmm. Um, And it is astounding. And when I think about what, you know, what I went through and how busy I was and tired and all that, I can't imagine campaigning across the country. Yeah. Like, I don't know when he sleeps or if he sleeps. Uh, and uh, he he was always uh, very um, uh, kind and, uh, you know, he's charismatic. He's mm-hmm. uh, interested in how you are. And uh, he remembers names and faces. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, it's unbelievable. Like, yeah, it's it's really. And, and so, I, I mean, I had a positive experience and uh, and um, and, you know, I know a lot of people have a lot of uh, criticism uh, about him. And uh, and, you know, we live in a, a democracy and we're allowed. That's sure. allowed. Right. And still um, have his phone number. Do you still <laughs> drop him a little text? Like, but, you know, hey, I mean, I, I, um, I am. I am really um, grateful that I got to I got to experience that, and and yeah. and honestly, that my ch- my children will never forget that. Yeah, you know, my children will never forget meeting the Prime Minister of Canada, you know, at my nomination launch mm-hmm. or at that, you know. So the uh, of course, I feel I feel um, I feel very fortunate that I got to experience that. And, Did it and, ever feel surreal? Uh, yeah, a, a lot of times it did. <laughs> but I mean, I think, and, and it goes back to, you know, I, uh, the way I talk, I talk to uh, the prime minister or interacted with him is no different than the way I interact with you or mm-hmm. anybody else. And, uh, and that's what I, that's what, that's when I know I'm around somebody who is at their core, a good person. That's how I know that. I can tell hmm. by, I can tell by, cause so you got that vibe from uh, yeah, Prime I Minister did. Trudeau. Yeah, well, and I'm sure there are people that are listening that will, you know, write something nasty right now on their Twitter. <laughs> but um, who cares? It doesn't, yeah. you know, I my experience was good and, uh, and um, yeah, good. Last question about the Prime Minister. Yeah. What was it like when all the blackface stuff came out? Just for you personally. It wasn't good. 
No. Yeah. Um, did it feel like betrayal or denial? Well, what? How did you feel? Well, to be completely uh, transparent about this, mm-hmm. uh, it was the one day during the campaign that I was not well. I woke up that morning with hmm. an intense migraine. Yeah. And I phoned everybody and I said, you guys, I can't, like, I cannot get, I, like, I can't get out of bed. Yeah. I am... I am debilitated right now. Like, it was such a bad migraine. They were like, okay. I said, I have to stay in bed. I took some Tylenol 3s. <laughs> I fell asleep. I woke up at around, like, 1. My phone was ringing, and I answered it. It was my campaign manager, and she said, I, I need to come over. And I was like, oh, no. Like, I'm so sick. Like, I can't. Like, I, my head. And she's like, I, re- I really have to talk to you about something. And I was like, what? And, and she told me. And I just, I thought I was hallucinating. I yeah. was just like, what? And so I looked online and I saw it and I just, I said, you need to come over. And yeah. so she came over and <laughs> I'm in bed and she climbed into my husband's side of the bed, fully clothed. <laughs> and she's like, how are you feeling? And I said, oh, I'm just really sad. Like, I, I don't know how I feel. Yeah, I'm sad, you know, and I don't feel like I... I'm just sad. Mm -hmm. And so I really had to, I talked to, you know, some of my friends and, um, and everybody had a different opinion about it. Right. Yeah. And, um, and I really tried to, I don't believe in canceling people. You know, I just don't unless they, uh, especially if they apologize or they know what they've done wrong or, or something like that. Uh, let me just say that there are some people that should be canceled. Uh, sure. Depends on what we're yeah, talking like about, right? A Harvey Weinstein yeah, or like, what, you know, when we're looking. At, and so I'm just talking about like, I'm talking about things where uh, nobody was sexually assaulted or assaulted or died or, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. if, we all make stupid mistakes. Um, and I'm not, you know, I'm very conflicted on. Uh, doing something in your in your teenage years or whatever it might be, and it coming back to haunt you, and you being canceled for that. I'm mm-hmm. not talking about I'm not talking about blackface or whatever. Sure. I'm just talking in general. In general yeah, uh, you know, and it's really it's really hard. Like we, and I what's just, the statute of limitations of having is, done yeah. something stupid? And and who gets to decide where the line is? Like I'm not sure, right? Because we're really good at really calling people out on everything now right yeah and um and i sometimes it's a good thing sometimes it's not a good thing so with that you know i was like okay apologize and then there was another one and then he apologized <laughs> and then another, and then i was re- it was hard for me but that was the bizarre part yeah, like, how many more are they going to be and he kind of left it open too like there could be more it was so weird it was very difficult and 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 that's when i realized that I can only control so much when it comes to what I was trying to do. Yeah. So I'm out campaigning. I'm doing everything I can to, you know, win an election. Mm-hmm. But there was so much out of my control. Yeah. Uh, and, um, you know, uh, that, you know, was the, was it all lost for me then? I don't know. Maybe. Who knows? I have no idea. Was it all lost for me when SNC happened? I don't know. Who knows? Maybe. I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. And so I, I just, you know, I did the best I could. And I I recognized that there was so much out of my control. And I had to, uh, I had to sort of just really focus on what I was trying to do and, 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 and do my best. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I was I, like everybody else. I was really, you know, I was, I was, um, 
I was upset and I was, uh, um, yeah, I was upset and I was confused and mm -hmm. had a lot of questions. And to bring it back full circle, I think that's a grounding that a lot of people need that no matter what we're doing in our life, we have no control over any of this. Mm -hmm. And it goes back to the idea of being a cancer survivor, going through that type of trauma where by no fault of your own, you're going through this thing mm -hmm. and you're now confronting effectively your own mortality. And I think that can be spun in a very positive way, recognizing that you're not in control of everything. So even if you try your absolute best and fail at something, it's not the end of the world. It doesn't mean that you're mm -hmm. deficient or whatever. It's better to yes. go swinging, right? Yeah. And I mean, listen, when we, uh, you know, there are, uh, you know, people ask me all the time, oh, you know, I go and do talks on like resilience and things mm -hmm. like that. And it's, you know, the things that make us resilient are are the tough moments in life. Yeah. You know, cancer, uh, you know, uh, you know, whether it's divorce or, you know, somebody dying in your whatever it might be, losing an election, getting fired from a yeah. job that you've had forever, uh, whatever it might be. These are the things that that you know, we fail at or we um, we we lose and then we can bounce back. It's the bouncing back and it gets easier to bounce back. Yeah. You know, if you live this perfect, undisturbed life, um, you're not going to have a lot of resilience for when life does get tough and life always, always gets tough. Nobody gets out of here unscathed. <laughs> Nobody does. Yeah. You know, or if they do, they're probably not that interesting. No one gets out unscathed. <laughs> I promise you. <laughs> yeah, I, you know it's it's interesting. I think first of all, I think you need to write this book. Oh, well, clearly, I'm trying. <laughs> it's interesting when your episode came out. I got a lot of feedback, particularly from women, mm -hmm. who were talking about when you talked about being underestimated or. Even when you achieve something, then having that achievement undercut by people who didn't think you deserved it or deserved mm -hmm. to be there. And these women that were either in mess in messages or comments, they just loved how confident you were and how you were happy to prove people wrong. And I think that resonated with a lot of people because no matter what you're doing, I think everyone has been in that situation mm -hmm. where you feel like you've been counted out without being given a chance or you feel like you've been underestimated, or even when you do achieve something, there is a lineup of people there to undercut your achievement or your accomplishment. So as we wrap up mm -hmm. the podcast, building on what you just said, what advice would you have for young men, young women who are trying to find their path and find it very hard in this well, world? It is hard. It's really hard. And I, and I, and I hope that you know, I never give the impression that it's it's been easy because it hasn't been easy, right? No, and I don't think you yeah. have consciously, but I think no. for any public figure, well, of course, when you're looking at yeah, social media, totally. you're only looking at highlights. So you think, oh, that person yeah. hasn't all made. Yeah, and so I, you know, I uh, I did a talk not long ago, and I brought up a, a bunch of things. And I said, you know, people always, we always judge a book by its cover, right? Mm -hmm. We look at somebody and we're like, oh my gosh, they're so, you know, they've got it all. And it was so easy for them to get there. And, mm -hmm. you know, look at her. She's like rich and, you know, this and that. It's like, none of that is true, you know. But what is true is that um, I, I, I 
deeply believe that uh, I am going to be okay. And I have always felt that way. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I left home when I was 15. I, um, I, you know, I had a child with um, a disability. I, um, I, I had cancer. I lost my, you know, a job that I loved. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, um, I have dealt with um, debilitating anxiety, and um, and uh, th- there's been many things that have happened, but. I have always been able to bounce back, sometimes gracefully, sometimes not so gracefully, uh, because I, I, I know that there is always something better. Hmm. I don't know what it is. And I'm, I'm looking at you right now saying, I don't know what this year is going to bring for me. Yeah. We might, you know, talk in six months and I still might not, you know, know. I might still might not have a job or know, have a direction or have, I have no idea, mm-hmm. but I'm, I'm. I'm I have to be positive in my mind. Like I know who I am and I know that I'm a good person and I know that my intentions are good. Yeah. I do not have evil intentions. I do not have um self-serving intentions. Mm-hmm. I I just don't. And I uh, so you know for people that are starting out and people that are feeling um you know it's hard right now. It's really hard to go out into the world that, uh, and and nothing is as it was, right? When when I was growing up, or even when you were growing up, sure, it's changing yeah. faster and faster. And so um, it's hard. And, you know, I my recommendation would be to, you know, just be true to who you are. Mm-hmm. And, and know, and know that that will attract uh, the right people into your life. Yeah. And I just, I, I believe that when we are transparent, you know, uh, good things come to us. There's no guessing around it. You know, if you know who I am and what I stand for, uh, and, you know, you can, you then have a very clear idea of who I am. And, and you might connect me to somebody that might change my life. Mm-hmm. I might connect you to somebody who might change your life because I know, I know the essence of who you are. I may not know everything about you, but I know the essence of who you are. Um, And so I just think that, you know, there's so much, um, there's so much uh, fakery on social media, right? Presenting ourselves as something that we really aren't. There's and so much of that o- offline as well, 100%. right? Everyone's trying to pretend that they're the smartest or right. the coolest or yeah. whatever. And and we're not in high school anymore. This is real yeah. life, right? And uh, if we don't help each other, mm-hmm. if we don't stand up for each other, if we don't uh, present uh, opportunities to each other, mm-hmm. uh, then none of us win. Like, we just don't. So if if I, you know, if if somebody comes to me and they need help and it happens all the time, strangers all the time messaging me on, you know, all of my social media or, or finding uh, my email or whatever it might be and people that need help, I help them because I can or I can connect them with the right person. Mm-hmm. You know, that's just who I am. And so when I when I. I think it's who most people are. I really do. Yeah. I just think that we're scared to do it a lot of times. And it comes back to that there's not enough for everybody. So I need it all. And it's not true. There is enough for all of us. And the more we share and the more we support each other and the more we lift each other up, uh, the better we will will all be, Mm -hmm. you know? And so I think that's really important. I love that. I don't know. 
Am I a Pollyanna? <laughs> Are my rose-colored no, glasses on? No, I think you're being true to yourself, and I think you're speaking from the heart. And I, I appreciate the fact that you can come here and also share the struggles and maybe the stuff that was very difficult as well, because that's also important for people, especially, especially people that do look up to you and go, what a amazing woman, what a great life. Absolutely. You have a ton of accomplishments to your name, to your life, but there's also this, all the struggle and all these other things that you're dealing with. We are all complicated beings, Mm -hmm. right? And we all have a story and we all have struggles. Yeah. And, uh, and to suggest that, that uh, we don't is ridiculous yeah. and not true. But we, I like the idea of embracing that as yeah, well. We, and that's, not, that's what makes us interesting. Yeah. You know, it's like when I had my son, I knew nothing about Down syndrome. I was absolutely terrified. Mm-hmm. Uh, I felt I there were so many things that I felt, but I mostly felt alone. Mm. And there's nothing worse than feeling alone. Loneliness is a very, very... Um, scary place to be and there are a lot of lonely people in this world yeah and uh and it's just a matter of being you know being open and sharing and once i shared about beckett then it attracted other people to me and they shared with me and then all of a sudden guess what i'm not alone anymore yeah and i haven't been alone in a long long time and so for anybody that is alone uh you know you need to find your people and Mm -hmm. they're out there you know they're out there absolutely i don't know i can be your people (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> That's an open call. <laughs> Do you want to plug your social media? Maybe an upcoming book that's coming before. Oh, uh, listen, I uh, well, I have my website up. It's tamarataggart.ca. There's just a like a page there, and you can sign up for, you know, my newsletter that I haven't done yet. And <laughs> oh yeah. Cool. Uh, you know, I'm just plugging along here. So wisdom from Tamara. Oh, so much wisdom. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I, it's, everything is at Tamara Taggart, and um, that's where I am. And honestly, I answer. I try to answer all my DMs. So cool. Yeah. You are an icon. Thank oh, you so much for being back here. <laughs> I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. I appreciate back? it. I'll come back anytime. All right. I yeah. look forward to that. People, the one, the only, and now the two-time guest of This is Van Culler. She is, of course, the unstoppable Tamara Taggart. And I am Mo Amir telling you that in a city where you can be anything, be colorful. Peace. <laughs>